Thank you for checking out the Real Life Columbus podcast. Real Life Columbus is a student ministry of North Highland Church in Columbus, Georgia. We exist to help students know that Christ has reached down to us with love, provide a place students can be engaged in community, and help them advance in their faith so they can lead others to Christ. For more information or to connect with us, please visit our website, www.realifecolumbus.com, or check us out on social media at Real Life Columbus. Spirit of God, move in this place. God, we thank you right now for your presence. God, we thank you that the love of Jesus is in this house right now. God, we thank you that the hope of God is in this house right now. God, we thank you that the freedom of God is in this house tonight. God, we thank you that the mercy of God is in this house tonight. God, the healing of God is in this house tonight. So God, whatever problems, whatever stress, whatever pressure and anxiety that is in this room right now, we thank you that the peace that passes all understanding can rest on our hearts and in our minds right now. God, we ask that you would begin to do miracles, signs, and wonders in the prayers that are being lifted up right now. If you've got a need in this room, I I dare you to start asking God to change your circumstance. I dare you to start opening and believing God to fix your situation. God, I pray that healing would flow right now. God, that miracles would begin to break loose in homes. God, that financial provision would begin to flow. God, we pray that, that your people who are called by your name, God, you would hear us and that you would heal our land. God, we just pray that your presence would manifest in this room right now. Spirit, lead us. Tonight, someone in this room is going to make a choice, a determination in their heart to take me deeper than you've ever taken me before, God. Tonight, somebody in this room is going to have faith that can move mountains if you'll trust God and believe. God, I thank you for what you're about to do. May expectation rise in this room. God, may you touch the hearts and minds of everyone that can hear my voice right now. We pray that your word would come forth with power that would pierce both the spiritual and the physical. God, we pray that you would give us minds that can comprehend your word tonight. And we will receive it. God, we ask that you would prepare our hearts for your prophetic voice spoken through your word. We honor you tonight. We love you tonight. And we praise you tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, let's give him one more round of applause. We love you, Jesus. We love you, God. We worship you, Lord. We love you. Praise God as you go to your seats. I love you guys. Jubilee and I missed you guys last week. 
We had an incredible anniversary, and uh, we missed you dearly. It is so good to be back. Guys, I am excited about what the Lord has placed on my heart to share with you guys tonight. Are you ready for God's Word? Come on, we can do better than that. God's Word is awesome. Are you ready? Praise the Lord. I want to challenge you. Give me the next few minutes of your undivided attention. Don't talk. Don't speak to your neighbor. Don't be a distraction. Put away your phone if you've got social media up. If you're going to use your Bible, that's fine. But I believe God wants to prophetically speak to us tonight. Are you ready? Amen. If I could get some light, I can't see. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Wow. Let there be light. The grace of God is available to us tonight. Aren't you glad for God's grace? I'm so glad. I am a sinner saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven. And I'm so excited for what he's doing in my life, and I'm anticipating what's about to happen in this room. God, anoint your word. Use me, God. I trust you this evening. I'm excited, Lord. Thank you for what you placed on my heart. Thank you for the love that you have for each and every person in this room. Bless them tonight. Encourage their hearts. Strengthen them through your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As a young man growing up, um, I learned that I could be one way at home and another way at school. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, at, at the house, I'm like a well-mannered, well good Christian boy, right? And at, at school, I was this disrespectful player who, who basically flirted with every girl that I thought was pretty. And um, mama didn't want me paying no attention to the ladies, but I couldn't help myself. And I was just rude. I was, I was foul-mouthed. And um, I was at church Sunday and Wednesday and every other time that I could possibly be there. And this was early on in my high school career. And and um, I just was one person in one setting, and I was a completely different person if I was in another setting. If I was on the field of competition, that means that my language was foul, that I could say whatever I wanted, talk, talk junk. I'm at the free throw line about to box out this joker, and I'm cursing him. Come on now, athletes, you know what it's like on the field of competition. You are one person at home, and you're another at at different venues. To be honest, I wanted to live the best of both worlds. That's what we really want to do, right? We want the, the perks of being daddy's boy or, or mama's girl or whatever. You want to have the perks of being the good kid at home, but you also want the perks of all the, the lifestyle choices that are available to us otherwise. And, and tonight I've come to share a message. See, the allure, the attraction, and the appeal the draw of this world and our godless culture is the madness of living a double life. Tonight I'm talking about the madness of living a double life. I was thinking about the Oscars that happened just a couple weeks ago. Did y'all watch the Oscars? Yeah, it was, that was kind of like a... Uh. The Oscars happened recently and I, I was thinking about how a good movie gets us away from reality, right? We love to escape. I, I love fictional movies that, that are just so far-fetched that get you away from reality. I spend enough time in real life, so I want to escape when I watch a movie, right? But I began to think about this, and, 
And the, the interesting thing about movies and, and movie stars, we begin to idolize people who get this. We, we make people famous who are acting like someone they're not. And that's a part of our culture. It's who we are. Our DNA as a culture has begun to idolize people who pretend to be someone they're not. And it's infiltrated our culture. My favorite, um, one of my favorite trilogies ever. How many of y'all remember the Dark Knight trilogy? Yes. Sometimes me and my boys, will we'll start playing. And, and my youngest, Lucas, he calls Batman Matt Matt because he can't say his B's. Don't make fun of my son. Okay. He says Matt Matt. And so I'll start playing Batman with Damien and Lucas. And of course, I've got to do the voice. I'm like, we'll, sit, we'll be like, Sophia is the, the little princess. And, and I'm like, where is she? Where is she? And I get my Batman voice going with them. And the kids love it. It's awesome. Hey, where's the reactor? And, and Damien, my son, he'll do that back to me. He's like, where is she? And it's just cute because he's seven and he hasn't hit puberty. It's really funny. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyways, I'm, I'm thinking about this trilogy and all-time favorite actor, uh, not really my personal all-time, but the all-time favorite performance of the Joker was Heath Ledger, right? Oh, my goodness. The Joker was so crazy, I, I was scared watching him. And, and why so serious, right? You know, and it's like creepy to the core. You want to see a disappearing act? Boom, boom, right? It was just like, oh, my goodness, what is happening right now? Then I got to thinking, Heath Ledger played his role so well that his role that was not his reality, it began to drive him to madness. And it eventually took his own life because he was so messed up in the head from playing and pretending to be someone he was not, that he ended up going mad and taking his own life. See, tonight I have been praying all week long for your spiritual sanity. I believe God wants to set some of us free from a double standard and a double life. I know it's not easy to live for Christ without shame in a culture that we live in today. I get the pressure I understand it every morning on Periscope when somebody on our devotion just decides to curse us because we love Jesus. I understand the pressure that you're facing. I understand what it feels like to be hated and persecuted and looked down on for doing what's right. I'm not belittling the struggle that we're faced with every day in this life, but I love you enough to tell you tonight that it's madness to believe that you can live for God and live a life in this world at the same time and not suffer consequences. It's madness to believe that you can live for God and live like the world at the same time without suffering in the process. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1, the story of the amazing whale, right? Wait a second, it was a big fish, biblically. All right, Jonah chapter 1, it says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, he was to be a prophet. The Lord said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Just so you know, Nineveh was the capital city of Babylon, and its people were responsible for the slavery of Jonah's family. It was a place of debauchery, there was homosexuality, there was every kind of debauchery, every form of unrighteousness was rampant in Babylon. And the Lord said, announce my judgment against it, 
because I've seen how wicked its people are. And hear this, but Jonah got up and went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. I'm not going to, I, I think that Jonah in this moment, he said something to, to this effect. He probably said something like, I'm not going to be caught living for God in the midst of people living for hell. I'm not going to go there. And, and so the story continues. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He, he bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape the Lord by sailing there. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, hear this, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. Obviously, they woke him up. In verse 12, it, it, Jonah says, throw me into the sea and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Jump to verse 15. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Incredible story. See, the story of Jonah, I believe, tonight helps you and I see the fact that it's never a good idea to run from the creator of all things, but we often do it. It's never a good idea to run from God, but we do it often. Jonah was someone who heard from God. He had enough of a relationship with the Lord to be given important assignments directly from heaven. My guess is that many of us in this room tonight, we love God. We have enough of a relationship with God that we hear his voice of direction in our lives. We've got God's word in our hands and at our disposal so that we can see it on a daily basis. But many times we have all of these awesome things, but we turn and go a different direction like Jonah did. Many of us try to maintain the madness of a double life. See, Jonah helps us see that you can go in the opposite direction, but you can never actually get away from the Lord. You can go in the opposite direction. I think immediately my mind goes to that song. I always feel like somebody's watching me, right? God is always there. God is omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. He's omnipresent, meaning he's at all places at all times. And he's omniscient, meaning he knows everything. He knows the thought that you're thinking right now. And guess what? He knew it before you thought it. He's a powerful God that knows everything, and there's no way to get away from him. You can run, but you can't hide from my God. Many times, God will use outside circumstances to give you a wake-up call out of his love for you. He will help you realize that you are running in the opposite direction of his will for your life because he loves you so much. For me, when I was in that stage of life where I was definitely a different person at home than when I was at school, it was my best friend. He, he was an alcoholic. He was destroying his life with sexual relationships. And, and someone convinced him to go to a summer camp 
and God rocked his world. He, he dedicated his heart to Jesus. He was delivered and set free from all kinds of addiction. And he came home, and he looked at me, and he said words that will forever haunt me. He said, Jonathan, you've known this your whole life. Why don't you start living it? And that pierced my heart, and it helped me to, to understand it was a wake-up call given to me by God. And for Jonah, it was this storm. In verse 5, the scripture tells us it, he was sound asleep in the hull of a ship. I believe that God revealed something to me in that statement. Jonah put himself in the safest place he could to find rest. He thought he was safe, but he was not. And we do the same thing. See, students, we surround ourselves with anything that will give us a sense of security when we're running from God's direction for our lives. We'll, we'll do whatever it takes to get some sense of peace, even if it's something we know we're not supposed to be doing. If we're headed in the wrong direction, away from God's direction, we'll do whatever it takes to find peace. I've experienced this all too well in my own life. Last week, you guys know, Jubilee and I celebrated 13 years of marriage. 13 years, awesome. I love you, baby. You're incredible. She makes me a good man. I am not... Half the man I would be without her. She's incredible, and I love her so much. But can I tell you tonight, hey, this is very important. I need to tell you tonight that we did not get here without fighting the madness of living a double life. I had to fight the madness of living a double life myself. Your pastor is not a perfect person. The only reason I'm able to do what I do is by the grace of God. Our first year in marriage, I knew that God had called me to ministry. I knew God had called me to marry Jubilee Ann Brown, the most beautiful girl I'd ever lays eyes on. Man, she, was, she is gorgeous. I'm sorry. I, I slurred because she's so beautiful. I'm sorry. It just happens. I knew I was supposed to marry her. I knew I was to share my name with her. Like Jonah, I was called to Nineveh. I knew I was called to, to reach a culture of young people who were far from God. And get this, it scared me. Our first year of marriage, I was 20, going into my 21st year of, of being alive. And I was scared to death of the call that was on my life. It scared me to be a man responsible to God for the well-being of my wife. It scared me. To be the mouthpiece to speak and proclaim God's word, it frightened the daylights out of me. I didn't want to do this. I was afraid. It scared me to, to desire to live a righteous lifestyle before God in a culture that endorses immorality at all levels and offers multiple avenues to turn your back from God. It scared me because I didn't know if I had what it took to live the way I should. And it scared me. Just like Jonah, I ran. My first year of marriage, I almost ruined my life, my calling in my marriage. I'm just being transparent tonight. Is that okay? I almost ruined everything, running from God. And I share this tonight because I know what it feels like to be in your shoes if you're there. Running from the things that gave me, running from God to the things that gave me a false sense of security. I tried things I knew I wasn't supposed to try. I looked at things I knew I wasn't supposed to look at. 
And, and tonight, before you decide to write this message off, I want you to know that I know what it feels like to be double-minded. If not for the grace of God, it would have destroyed me. And without the grace of God, it will destroy you if you allow it to continue. Scripture is clear in James chapter 1, verse 8. A double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. It's madness to try to live a double life and expect God to be okay with it. It's madness. He's called you to do so much more than simply conform to the evil in our culture and bow down to sin and temptation. He's called you to so much more than that. Some of us in this room are spiritually asleep like Jonah, protecting ourselves with things that make us feel safe, things that help us block out the conviction that we're running from God's will for our lives. That's how we, that's how we cope with directly defying an omnipotent God as we cope with things that make us feel safe, but it's a false sense of safety. See, there's young men and young women in this room where the Snapchat conversations and the images and videos that no one knows or sees about, they don't know, it, it disappears. God knows and he sees. It's the protection that you're running to, but it's the hull of a sinking ship. You need to know that. See, it's the secret apps on your phones that have the appearance of innocence so that no one questions your integrity, but they're a cesspool of immorality. It helps you feel like you're escaping reality, but it, it's the hull of a sinking ship. It's telling mom and dad we're headed to real life, but, but it's getting high in the parking lot even during service so they won't see your addiction. And they're thinking that, that you're pointing your life in the right direction, but really all you're doing is running from God. It's the whole of a sinking ship. It's double-minded madness, and it will destroy your life. See, I'm praying I am praying, young person, that you will realize that God loves you so much that he is asking you to stop living a double life before something really bad goes down. It's God's kindness that's leading us to repentance tonight for the madness of a double life. See, if you will not recognize your need for God, he will eventually help you reach your rock bottom to open your eyes to the fact that his way is better than any other way. It's the love of God. That leads us to repentance. See, I know from personal experience, from painful experience, that I've got to humbly present myself to God and humble myself before him. Because I know what I'm capable of if I don't submit myself to him every day of my life. I've got to fight to not be double-minded. I've got to fight for the anointing of heaven on my life. I've got to fight for righteousness to be a part of my being. I've got to fight to be a man of character. I've got to fight to be a man of purpose. I've got to fight to be a man who loves the unlovable. I've got to fight every single day for what God wants for my life. And I've got to fight the urge to live for myself because I'm human just like you. But I'm here to tell you tonight that righteous living is fought for every day, and it's worth the fight. It's worth the fight. Jonah got tossed out of his comfort zone and out of the boat, running from God, got him swallowed up, and brought him lower than he could go on his own. 
The fish swallowed him and took him to depths. I just can imagine the weight of the water, the pressure being brought to the depths of the sea. I know what that feels like. I want to invite Rachel and Desiree to come. I know what that pressure feels like. One night in year one of our marriage, I was double-minded, living a double life, destroying my life, forfeiting my calling. And one night, I'll never forget, Jonah was swallowed by a big fish and taken to the depths and was feeling the pressure. I'm not going to make it out of this. And one night, I was laying in my bed, and the weight of double life living, the pressure of my sin, the guilt of my running from God was so powerful. The conviction of the Holy Spirit was resting on me in such a way that I was having a hard time even breathing. I was trying to sleep. I was trying. I had my back turned to my wife because I couldn't face her. I was trying to sleep, but I couldn't. Couldn't even breathe. The conviction of God was so heavy on my heart. And in the middle of the night, at like 1 a.m., I finally shot up in bed and had to confess to my wife and before God the ways that I had run from him and the ways that I had not lived up to my calling. And I began in that moment. It was one of the most difficult horrific, terrible moments in my life, but I opened my mouth and said, I'm so sorry because I've been living a double life. The man you think I am, this is who I really am, and I'm ashamed of it. And I had to confess. And at that moment, go ahead and play. At that moment, spiritual sanity began to be restored in my life. In that moment, I stopped being crazy spiritually, and I started thinking clearly that, wait a second, God is faithful. He loves me even when I'm unlovable. In that moment, I began, to, I began a process to walk in freedom and to make sure what I believed was how I lived my life. And in that moment, the madness began to stop. I'll never forget that moment because it's one of the most shameful moments of my life but it's also the most powerful because it was in that moment that I released my own ability to God and allowed him to take control of my life and from that point on I was never the same see there's nothing more freeing than to live the same life before God that you live before others there is nothing more freeing than that to have the same walk and same lifestyle, the same things that you say in your quiet where no one else is watching is the same person that you are in public settings like this. It's, there's nothing better than that. There's nothing more freeing than to say, guess what? What you see is what you get. I love Jesus, and that's how I'm going to live my life. That's walking in freedom. You don't have to live your life in fear anymore, young person. You don't have to live in the constant pressure of what do I need to do to make sure I don't get caught. You don't have to live like that. It's madness. When Jonah was in the belly of the fish, when Jonah was caught in his disobedience, when Jonah hit rock bottom and he cried out to God, chapter 2 is his pleading with God for grace and forgiveness. He had that wake-up call, that moment where he was... <gasps> I can't do this anymore. God, forgive me. And God placed him back on track. 
proof that 1 John 1 verse 9 is true, that if we will confess our sins and the ways that we're living that have missed his will for our lives, God is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. He took him from the depths and placed him right back where he could fulfill his call. I have good news for you tonight. If you're running from God, your running from God does not void your calling or ability to be used by him in the near future. It doesn't void it. All you got to do is say, I'm tired of living this double life. God, forgive me. God, set me free. God, will you change me from the inside out? And guess what he'll do? He'll pick you up and put you right back where you need to be. And he'll set you on the right path. God does not condone or desire your disobedience. But the good news is he can use it to help others to see their own personal need for a Savior. Jonah came to his senses, repented of his double life, and was used to save Nineveh. Thousands of people, thousands upon thousands of people were forgiven and spared because Jonah finally stopped living a double life. I want to invite you to your feet. I want everyone to stand. No talking, no distractions. Stand to your feet, bow your heads and hearts, close your eyes. Jesus, tonight we love you. God, I pray that tonight you would begin to just work, do what only you can do in the hearts and lives of these young people right now. God, we pray that this would be an atmosphere of peace, that in the stress and the constant pressure of believing in our hearts but living in a different lifestyle, that pressure can end right now. That stress can end right now. Thank you, Jesus. You have an opportunity right now, young person, with every head bowed and every eye closed, to put the madness of a double life behind you. I'm praying that you'll do that tonight. Come to your senses. The Holy Spirit would say, come to your senses. You know better than what you're doing. And if you don't stop, something's going to happen that's going to help you realize your need for God. You have an opportunity right now to be forgiven. You have an opportunity right now to start walking in freedom. I'm challenging someone in this room to leave your stash at the altar tonight. I'm challenging someone to come to an adult leader and confess what you've been looking at on your phone and allow them to cause restrictions that will block any access to it from this moment on so you stop living a double life. I'm calling you to walk away from this room free in the name of Jesus. So tonight, if you're in this room and you would be willing and bold enough to say, I feel the pressure, Pastor. I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been tugging on my heart from the beginning of this sermon. And God is trying to get my attention because I'm denying him. I'm walking away from his purpose. And I want to be forgiven. I want to say in this moment, I want to be who I say I am. I want to believe and behave how I say I believe. Right now in this moment, you need Jesus to step into your circumstance. You can be forgiven. You can be set free. And he will pick you up and place you right in the exact position that you need to be placed to fulfill your destiny and calling. But you've got to take that first step, young person. So right now, if you're in this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you need 
to get your relationship with Jesus fixed. You need to give your heart to Jesus, and you need to actually make him your Lord and Savior. I want you to raise your hand and hold it high right now so that, it, that I can see. I want to pray with you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Who else? Thank you, Jesus. You need the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy. Praise you, Lord. God is here and ready to transform you. He's here to set you free from the double living. He's here to set you free from the double standards. He's here to give you spiritual sanity. You don't have to live crazy anymore. Anyone else, this is your last chance. You want Jesus to set you free from the double life that you've been living. Raise your hand and hold it high. Thank you, God. Everyone in this room, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on Calvary's cross, paying the penalty that I deserve. I'm sorry for turning away from you. I'm sorry for not living the way you've called me to live. I'm sorry for being a hypocrite. I'm sorry from being double-minded. Forgive me tonight. Set me free. Place me in my calling. Use me to change this culture. And I will trust you. I will fight for my calling. I will fight for righteousness. I will fight for integrity. I will fight for my sanity. And I'm allowing you to set me free right now. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want the adult leaders to come join me real quickly. Here's what I want to do. Pastor Rachel is going to sing. The story of Jonah continues, and he sets Nineveh free. But, but here's the thing. You are walking with God. Nineveh was set free, and Jonah then got bitter. He got angry. He got upset. And so I want, to, I want to challenge you, if you're a believer and you've been following God, that doesn't make you invincible. Because just because you've been set free from the pit of the, the whale or the bottom of the ocean from the big fish doesn't mean you can't turn around and start living a double life again. And so tonight, I'm going to open up these altars. If you need to repent, like I said, I want you to get with one of these leaders because when two or three come together in the name of Jesus, he's there with us. And he does things that only can happen in settings like this. He does things when expectation is there. He will, expectation precedes the supernatural. So the things you've trying to be, be, you've been fighting on your own strength and in your own power, you can come to these altars and get the strength of heaven behind you. And he can help you fight your battles and he can help you be more than a conqueror who through Christ. You can do all things through Jesus who gives you strength. But all you got to do is say, Jesus, use me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, empower me. So I'm going to open these up right now. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for the transformation that's taking place. And God, we, we invite your Holy Spirit to have your way in our hearts over these next few moments. In Jesus' name, come on. If you need prayer, come.
There's no place that I can go. 